Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, it's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is uh, episode 90, James, if my memory serves me correctly. We're closing in on triple digits, man. Pretty cool. Uh, and so anyhow, for tonight, we're going to be uh, kicking things off with Name That Stadium like we always do. Uh, after that, we'll talk about the news from this past week. Uh, and then we're going to spend some time covering the uh, free agency recap for teams in the NFC. Uh, and last but not least, we'll close things off with question of the week. Uh, so with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. My back's hurting a little bit, so I'm guessing I'll be a little more wiggly in my chair tonight. But, you know, it's just part of getting old, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, let's um, let's jump in to name that stadium. And so this is the part of the show for anybody who's watching. You can see James is out there traveling the country. Uh, every week he's got a different stadium in his background. Uh, typically throughout the regular season, it's a, it's a team that's got a home game for that weekend. Uh, we're in the off season now. And so, uh, there's some different sort of methodology for those picks. Uh, but anyhow, we're asking if you think, you know, what stadium that is, hit us up in our comments section. And the first person to get the answer, right. will get a special shout out in next week's show. Uh, James, where were you at last week, man? Last week I was in Miami. I mean, again, for it was third or fourth week in a row, there was huge trade that I got all excited, huge trade or signing I got all excited about. And so I went down to Miami. Yeah. And that was, I'm, I'm sure you're talking about the, uh, the Tyreek Hill trade. Yeah. Yeah. It was exactly. pretty big. And I mean, you could have went with the Teron Armstead signing cause that happened last week too. But um, yeah, Miami, man, they're, they're having a heck of an off season. Yeah, they are. And All right, well, good. They're still the second best team in their in their division. So, all right, so yeah, all right, so yeah, you're saying Buffalo obviously won. You think Miami's ahead of New England at this point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I think I think New England is above Miami, but I guess we'll find out this year. That's yeah. yeah. I I just give Miami a little bit of an edge because Miami always seems to beat New England. So. Yeah, I guess I, I'm looking at, like, overall, I think New England will have the more successful season. Maybe Miami will snipe a win from them, but, uh, you know, new coaching staff, a lot of new pieces on the team. It should all bode well for them, uh, but I guess because of that uncertainty and because of the Bill Belichick factor and everything going on in New England, I, I kind of still have some muscle memory to favor him but um, yeah true I, i'll give you that i just i think we talked about last week did doing really do anything in free agency no it was a it was a quiet year for them it was the opposite of last year but this is more typical of how they handle free agency so it's kind of you know it's not too surprising uh it's just a matter of can it be effective you know yeah so um, all right. Well, good stuff, man. Let's kick it over and let's do our recap of this past week. Uh, there was a lot going on out there. And so we're just going to kind of skim through and hit some highlights and see what we get to. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the news relates to free agent signings. And so maybe some of that will skip through until we get to the free agent signing part of the show. 
but you know, um, we can talk about certain things that have come up. And for example, the Lions are going to be hosting the uh, NFL draft. Uh, is it 2023 or 2024? Do you know? I think it's 24. I don't remember. Okay. I'm, my, my thought thought of it, the only, I heard briefly about it, the, the lines of the host and draft, and, and the radio host said, who the fuck wants to go to Detroit? <laughs> well, since it's just down the street for me, I'll be there. But uh, And yeah. I suggest you well, come into town, man. Lions, lions are on hard knocks, too, this year. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that was another big uh, Detroit Lions piece that I'm excited for, man. I think Dan Campbell's going to be, you know, a fun guy to watch on Hard Knocks. And, you know, I know that some people, they get sick of that that kind of formula because it's the same kind of formula every year. You know, they try to find some guys that are on the fringe of making the roster and do like big stories on them. Uh, they show the coaches having to cut players and how that works. And, you know, like it, it just kind of, you know, it seems like they, they follow the same sort of script. They just fill in different teams, different players, different names every year. But, you know, like, I, I like it. I think the, the Dallas Cowboys one was a dud for me because Mike McCarthy just has, like, no freaking charisma. And I don't know, dude. It, it's like, you can't even call him stoic. He just seems like he's not even, there's no leadership at all with him, man. That really bothered me. But... Uh, with the Lions, I think it's going to be a 180 of that. I think Dan Campbell, you know, he's a player's coach. Everybody gets behind him. They love his energy. They love his aggression. And, you know, it should make for some good TV, man. Yeah, it, it should. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. So it's 2024 that the Lions are hosting the draft. 23 is in Kansas City. Okay. Well, hey, you know. 2024, man, that could be a good time for you to make a trip back home. Yeah, it could could be. I, I, mean, I actually thought of that when when I heard it. I was like, ah, maybe. Obviously, I probably should make a trip back home before then, but. Well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, specifically for that intent, you know, come back, yeah. me, you, Nick, some of the homies, go check out the draft, man. That'd be a good, unique experience. Yeah, I've always kind of had this desire to go to the draft after, you know, how many years we watched it. It was always in New York and I didn't want to fucking go to New York. So yeah, like, but I always thought it'd be kind of cool to take a trip to the draft. Oh yeah. No, I, uh, when they did it in Chicago, I thought that looked super cool. Um, and then honestly, even this year it's in Vegas. I thought, geez, I'd love to go to Vegas for the draft. That'd be a, a pretty cool party. I'm sure, you know, like it'd be a good time. Well, I wonder if they're doing what they, like, before it was, what, 2020 was supposed to be in Vegas, and, like, they had, like, some, like, huge plan to have, like, an island out in, like, the middle of the Bellagio Fountains and have the draft picks take a boat out to to the podium, and, like, just huge, elaborate plan for it, so I wonder if they're, they're going forward with any of that. You know, it's interesting. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. I mean, we got, I don't know what, like uh, three, four weeks before the draft. I think it's the 28th that starts or something. So, yeah, it's not too late, James. We could still sneak a trip in. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So let's go through some other news. I saw actually just a minute ago, I saw uh, Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. 
uh, agreed to a five-year extension for uh, 50.69 million. Uh, that's pretty pretty good signing. You know, I think, um, you know, what was it? Was it last year or the year before he was complaining about money and they kind of reworked his deal a little bit? You know, I, I think he believes he's worth more than that. Um, but, you know, he, it's a five-year deal, so he must be happy to sign a contract for that long. Yeah. Sorry, I just saw a headline that was like, what? Yeah, no problem. Uh, this is one that, you know, I don't know where this is going to go anywhere, but, you know, I guess we got to mention it. But uh, Colin Kaepernick, it looks like he's going to throw in front of some scouts this week. Uh, it looks like it's at Michigan's spring game, U- University of Michigan spring game. Um, I don't know, dude. I mean, you think anybody's going to seriously give him a look at this point? I don't know. Is he going to change this, the location of the uh, Oh, at the last minute? at the last minute again? Yeah, no, I, I just, I <laughs> feel like he's rattled the cage too many times. And, you know, he's been out of the league for so long right now. You know, I look at guys like Baker Mayfield are like way higher up on the pecking order to get a job over him. And yeah, and nobody wants Baker Mayfield. So case in point, man, case in point. So like what's going on with Kaepernick? I don't know. Unless he can call in a favor somewhere where he, I don't maybe he's got like some dirt on a coach somewhere. And it's like, I just don't see how he, he gets back in the league at this point. Just my opinion. Yeah. I think he's he's got a better shot. Uh, going somewhere where he can be like a quarterback's coach or something and start working it from that angle. Yeah. Okay, skimming through some of the other headlines here. Oh, there was a um, there was an overtime rule change for the playoffs, and it's uh, just going to be for the playoffs, not for the regular season. Uh, basically. Um, I didn't read the whole article, but it talks about it's going to give each team the opportunity to get the ball. Uh, you know, like right now, if, if the first team that gets the ball scores a touchdown, it's over. Now they're going to give each team a chance to score uh, and then go from there. Then it kind of goes to sudden death. And so, you know, it is what it is, man. I, I've heard, you know, some coaches are obviously big fans of it, which is how it got approved. Uh, and then some are kind of like, hey, you know, you got to win. And and then I saw like Mahomes even had a comment about, you know, you got to figure out how to win no matter what or whatever he was saying. And it's like, it's, it's weird. You know, it's like you got 60 minutes to get it done. And if you can't, you know, it's like, how do you make it fair without it being an endless amount of overtimes, you know? Yeah. So I call uh, the best reference of this I heard this week was this is the participation trophy of NFL fucking rules. <laughs> Every quarterback has got to get a t- got to touch the ball. It's like yeah. it's like in, you, I don't know if you can remember all the way back to little league as how many years ago it was. You know, at some point everyone has to get get in a bat. Yep. And it's like like and if you look at it, the key to it is you don't want to lose. Fucking play defense in overtime. Imagine that. Exactly. You know, there's um, two sides to the ball. You got to be good both ways. Uh, anything can happen. And it's like, if you don't want it to come down to that kind of a scenario, then find a way to get it done in in the first four quarters of the game. Yeah. And and so you want you want to 
have it okay so argue that oh well the coin flips a fluke and this and that and and okay so tie it to like tie it to strategy tie it to like the first coin flip at the beginning of the game you get yeah. the ball in the first in the first half in overtime or you get the ball to start the second half yeah yeah or, and, you know and, and talking about the coin toss man <laughs> you know so what was it this past year or the year before where dallas had that weird deal where uh, they had to kick both times. Do you remember that happened? Like they, no. um, yeah. So like they, they deferred or they, somehow they messed up the call and they ended up having to kick both, both to start the game and then at halftime. And it was like a, like a rare, like once ever. Yeah. And maybe you can look it up and tell me, but it's almost like, how about you get rid of that? And it's just this simple. You get to call it heads or tails. And if you're right, you're receiving the ball. If you're wrong, you're kicking the ball. And then it flips for halftime. And it's like, there's no more messing around. You know, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I like that if you win, you you have a choice, but it's like the defer and then the direction and all this. It's like, it, it just, it's more complicated than it has to be, man. Oh, it was, um, I yeah, like see. Dak, I, I Dak messed up the call and it was like, what the heck? I I remember this. So, yeah, Dak said defer, but I like vaguely remember this. But the the official said heard him. So he said. He said kick first, but meant to say defer. And so he tried to tried to switch it, but the first thing out of his mouth was what he had to pick, what the, what he picked. So since it was kick, then then that meant the Rams had the choice to start the second half. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So so the Rams Rams obviously picked receive to start the second half. When was it was in twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's just foolish that that could even happen, man. It just tells you that some of these rules are just too complicated. You know, and then I, I saw one guy had this idea of, you know, it was almost, I don't know. It was like, uh, you, if you go to overtime, it's up to the field goal kickers. And it's like, you just see who can make as many 50 yarders or something. And it, I don't know. It, it's like, come on. It just, it's tough, man. It's tough. So where do you draw the line? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like what college does is a little bit too far. Yeah. I mean, now with this, with the participation trophy in the NFL, what the fuck's next? Like um, to settle to, to settle instead of going to extra innings in baseball, you have a home run derby. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, I don't know. It's messed up. All right. But so, yeah, let's just uh, we'll keep it rolling here. So um, in other news, uh, Bruce Arians has retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, out. <laughs> you, you know, so I wondered if it was something like that, because when Brady retired, there was talk about a rift between him and Bruce Arians. Uh, but then I also wondered could it have been a health thing? Because 
I want to say when he left Arizona, his health had something to do with it. And, you know, he's, he's getting long in the tooth. And so it could have been a couple different factors. Um, you know, either way, they're, they're moving him to the front office and Todd Bowles is going to assume the head coaching duties. Um, you know, Todd Bowles, I, you know, I remember when he got the job as the Jets head coach. I like him. I think he's a really, really strong defensive coordinator. I thought he was a little bit soft-spoken as a head coach. And so hopefully this time around, you know, he will have learned a couple things and he'll be maybe a little bit more aggressive uh, with his demeanor and with his communication. Um, you know, he's got Brady, so he's got the luxury of he's got one of the best leaders of all time on the field for him. Uh, but, you know, he's got to he's got to do better than he did the first time around. That's all I'm saying. So I think Bulls' problem when he was head coach of the – he was with the Jets um, was clock management. Okay. And I thought that was his biggest problem. I thought everything – I thought he, he was a fine coach. He just needed the clock management, kind of like Anthony Lynn and some other coaches I've called out for clock management issues. Uh, what's his face in, uh, in the chart with the Chargers, Staley, those, those guys. But he has the ultimate clock manager in Tom Brady, Tom Brady, a quarterback. So That's I think true. that kind of is going to make up for his failings there, and at least he could learn. And with with um, Arians retiring, it tells me that the rumors of Brady wanting to be traded to San Francisco, the rumors of Brady wanting to be traded to Miami, are all true. Okay. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to coach, be coached by Arians. So what he did was he retired, and when he decided to unretire, because apparently, this has been known since Brady decided to unretire. That oh. Arians was going to do this. Okay. Um, because apparently Tom Brady was told before he unretired that Arians was moving to the front office, or right after he retired. One of those two things. Like, I don't remember the exact time. It might have been, like, the day after where Brady was told this. And I think what happened was Brady's, Brady said, I'm going to unretire, but I'm not going to be coached by Arians. Because if you look in going into the offseason after Brady retired, Arians was always was having all these talks about how, he, how excited he is to coach uh, Kyle Trask and this yeah. and that. And, and then somebody asked him, if well, if Brady decides to come back, would you trade him? And he said, well, if Brady comes back, he's... He's going to play for the Buccaneers, period. Yep, I remember that. So it, I think this is kind of orchestrated by Brady. Because if you look back, Brady always said he was going to play till he was 45. Okay. Well, hey, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So yeah. I'm sure there's some stuff going on there. And um, it, it, I think it's all right. You know, it gives Todd Bowles an opportunity. So I'm excited for him. Um, you know, in, in his thing with the Jets, I just remember, you know, a long time ago, I forget it was like on NFL Network or something. They were saying he was kind of like uh, leadership in 25 <laughs> words or less. You know, it was like he just was like so concise with everything he said that, um, you know, some of the critics were like, hey, you know, don't you maybe got to like do some things a little differently to get through to certain players? Like it's not all, you know 
one thing's going to work for everybody. You know, it's like you got to have a couple different ways to get into these guys. And uh, he was kind of like monotone, only had the one, this is how I do it kind of thing. But, um, but hey, you know, I got my fingers crossed for the guy. I'm rooting for him. All right, so moving on. I saw uh, Malcolm Jenkins, defensive back, played for the Saints, played for the Eagles, uh, retiring after 13 years. Um, I liked him a lot, man. And I think he was a good success story talking about how you can convert from cornerback to safety to prolong your career in the NFL. And he was a very smart player. Um, and it just, I, you know, when he made that choice and it, I mean, it worked like a charm. I just, um, I've always wondered why we don't see more cornerbacks doing that. Uh, and I've heard that some of it's about money, you know, they want a certain amount of money and cornerbacks get paid more than safeties. And, uh, and then some of it's about pride, you know, like I'm a cornerback, it's a more coveted position. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's, I think he had it right. It's, I want to keep playing the game and try and win some championships and whatever way you got to do that. And so, um, and he was a difference maker in both positions. And so, you know, good for him good career uh and uh you know best of luck in his retirement i'm sure we'll we'll see him around somewhere you know he's one of those guys that you know he always got a lot of attention so he's going to be on tv doing something i'm sure yeah definitely so i mean we'll, we'll see but good for him oh yeah um so you know back to lions news and we don't have to talk a ton about this but I, you know, uh, Brad Holmes is saying he's been talking to a couple teams about trading the number two pick. Uh, he kind of like sandbagged a little bit, like, oh, I'm not talking to a lot of teams, but I've talked to a few or something. And James, just as a Lions fan, I'm telling you, I, I wish they would be able to trade that pick. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be hard pressed to do it uh, because there, there's just not a lot of leverage there when the top guys on the board our offensive tackles in the lions are locked in at both tackle positions. And so, you know, unless a team falls in love with a quarterback and wants to trade up that high, or they're like that convinced they got to get this specific offensive tackle, man, I don't know. I'm just nervous that they're not going to be able to pull it off, but I hope they do because we need draft picks and I just don't think the value is there for us at number two for what we need. It's not the right alignment on the board. And so if we could trade out of that pick, man, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, I, I want him to trade out of that pick because, well, I want him to, to draft Malik Willis. So that's that's my dream pick. And number two is a little bit too high for him. Like it's steep, yeah. I mean, where would you be comfortable with them taking him? 10, 15? No, he's Malik Willis isn't going to make it out of the top ten. So what do you think? Eight, five. I I, I give me a minute. I have to look at the draft (laughs) order. Sorry, I'm just putting you under the pressure. While you're looking that up, I'll I'll tell you just some other quick news. Uh, The Ravens signed John Harbaugh to a three-year extension. Uh, I liked that move, but I I was curious by it because they still haven't signed Lamar, and. Man, it was weird because it seemed like just like a year or two ago, I'm trying to remember when it was, but Harbaugh was like on the hot seat in a major way. And I kind of thought 
the team was like fully committed to Lamar and that that was going to be, you know, the priority. You got to get that done and then you figure out what you want to do with Harbaugh. I like Harbaugh as a coach. I think he's a really uh, smart, uh, good, level-headed leader. Uh, I think last year he got a little crazy with going for it on fourth down. Some of that's because he kept kind of deferring to Lamar. Uh, and it, it worked a little bit and then it started blowing up in their face. And so, you know, some of that, I don't know. I, I like Harbaugh as a coach, but I've just, like I said, it, it was curious to me as, you know, him getting it done before Lamar got it done. You know, I know, I know it's a coach versus a player and it's all different, but I was expecting it to be the other way around. Yeah. So looking at the draft order, um, six, eight and nine. I could see all I could see all three of those teams wanting to draft a quarterback. Okay. That's, uh, Carolina, Atlanta, and Seattle. So you think we got to do it by five? I, you know, honestly, I think Carolina needs a quarterback to step in now. Okay. And yeah, I, I, I I agree. I think that I think that's I think that's Kenny Pickett. I don't think Malik Willis is ready to start day one. Okay. I think Ken, I think Kenny Pickett is. I think so. I would. I would say seven, you know, let me, yeah, let me back let, with Carolina six. Let me ask you this though. Carolina takes picket. I don't see them making the playoffs with a rookie quarterback this year. Uh, as weak as the NFC is, I just don't see it happening. And because of that, I don't see Matt rule and company surviving beyond this past this next year and so it's just weird that they didn't get more aggressive to get a veteran quarterback i don't think that they got more than a year left man they gotta they gotta get to the playoffs this year it's over for them so i don't see matt rule surviving past this year no matter what okay i see matt rule going back to college at the end of the year i think i don't even think if they don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think they fire him. I think he steps aside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it could be, uh, you know, it's 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 like a six one half a dozen another. It's it's the intention is that you're going to be gone. He's smart enough to see the writing on the wall and step down to save some face instead of getting fired. Yeah. Pot- okay. Yeah, I I think. You might be right. You might be right. All right. So let's see other news. You know, I did see an article. This isn't crazy. Well, there's a couple of them, I guess. But, you know, I'll talk about this one first with Taysom Hill. Uh, It sounds like Dennis Allen is going to be supposedly anything can happen once they start playing games. But uh, having him focus more on playing tight end this year. And I, I'm all for that, man. I think that, that that should have been something that he was doing more all along because I, I just always felt like he could still do the gadget plays where he, you know, randomly plays quarterback or randomly goes to running back or randomly plays special teams. But for the money they're paying him, it just seems like he needs to have like a primary dedicated position where if he's not in a gadget role, He's in a dedicated role somewhere else to get the most bang for your buck out of him. 
I, I like what Dennis Allen's doing this. I, I would have done this all along if it was me. So I'm torn on it. Like, yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I kind, I kind of disagree with you because he's kind of just – Taysom Hill is kind of just that, the Swiss Army knife of mm-hmm. pro football. Like, he can – you can put him anywhere. Yeah, maybe you're right. Have him focus more on playing tight end, get better at playing tight end. But I, I think he's better split out as opposed to being a tight end. I just I, – I like – I, I like the gadget stuff. I do for sure. I just think you're paying the guy, you know, 10 plus million, you know, whatever it is now. I know it used to be 10 plus million. You know, that's a lot of money for a part-time player. And um, I don't know. I, I would just, uh, I would keep doing the gadget stuff, but I would make sure that he's got a full-time role outside of that. That's all I'm saying. Makes sense. All right, man. So 49ers. You know, it's been quiet with Jimmy G, uh, John Lynch saying he's not going to cut him. You know, they're going to wait this thing out. Um, You know, Trey Lance sounds like, you know, Shanahan saying he's going to be the guy. He's going to, you know, start sooner than later. Uh, But that if it comes down to it, they'll hang on to Jimmy G. I like their strategy, man. They're telling other teams, hey, look, we're not going to panic. You know, if you want him, you got to make a respectable offer. If you don't want him, no biggie. We'll hang on to the guy. And so, you know, it looks a little bit weird with him and Trey Lance. And it's like, okay, what's going to happen if the regular season comes and he's still there? But I think from a um, like a game theory standpoint, I think Lynch is playing it right. Yeah. Well, with when the regular season comes, if Jimmy G's still on the roster, Jimmy G's starting the first game of the season. And the 49ers season is shot. They're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. Or I'm sorry, they're not. Day one, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Jimmy G is not the quarterback that can win you the Super Bowl. He can take you to the playoffs. He can he can be fine. But he has those those what-the-fuck moments every so often that kill you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and he's usually pretty good during the regular season. It's come playoff time. It's like, wow, things really just fall off a cliff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you think that he starts week one because they want to fluff up his trade value? Or do you think he starts week one because he's legitimately better than Trey Lance? He's legitimately better than Trey Lance right now. Trey Lance isn't ready. They're, they're, man, it's it's weird. There have been a lot of rumors about Lance not looking good. And they traded a lot of freaking stuff to get him, man. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be I mean, bad if he's not ready to roll by week one. If they if they traded, if they had traded for Mac Jones or, or yeah. picked Mac Jones as opposed to Trey Lance, I think it's a different story. I think actually there's a chance that with Mac Jones, the 49ers could have won, could have gone to the Super Bowl instead of the Rams. Man, it's wild, but you know, you could be right. Um. All right, other news, man. What are you uh, What are you seeing that we missed? Anything? We covered just, it pretty good. We covered it pretty good, except for yesterday. Um, Caesar Sportsbook uh, released their over unders for the season or their win totals for the NFL. Oh, nice! Preliminarily, and a couple things I notice on it is they have. The Lions over on our win total at six. Oh man, I was going to say seven, but I like that. Yeah. But but they have 
like we talked about, the, the Patriots and the Dolphins are tied at eight and a half. Okay. And when you when you do the math, do, do when, I, when I counted how many double digit wins in the AFC, you had four, and in the NFC, you had five. Really. Yeah, which was I thought was interesting. In the NFC, you have the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, and the 49ers. While in the AFC, you have Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, and the Bills. Yeah, okay. But is it because the expectation is the AFC so good, so many teams are good that they're just going to be beating up on each other, so it's going to be hard for the cream to rise to the top? Whereas the NFC, you know, you've got a handful of good teams and then everybody else is kind of garbage. So it's going to be more disparity. I I think so, because nine, nine of the 14 teams in the AFC, 14, 16, 16 teams. Yeah, there's 16 each way. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nine of the highest... 14 teams, like the, what would be the playoff teams, nine of them are, if you rank them 1 through 32, you do the top 14, nine of them are in the AFC. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Because you have some like huge disparities like in, in conferences, like you have the Packers at 11, let's go with Cowboys, Cowboys at 10.5, Eagles at 9, I and mean, well, it's kind of close, but like Oh, let's go south. That's the one I meant to look at. You had the Bucks at eleven and a half, and then the Saints at seven and a half. Yeah, that's a big drop. And then Panthers at six, and Falcons at five and a half. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I like looking at the at the win totals. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm, I I like that. I'm gonna check that out. Um. All right. What else you got? That was it. Okay. Oh wait, well, wait, that's wait, the wait. news. Oh, yeah, the, the 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 new new game, the unofficial Wordle spinoff. Okay, it's called the Weddle. The Weddle. Okay, yes. I, I don't know what what is that all about. It's apparently <laughs> where you have to guess a player's name. As opposed to a word, it's just like, and they have like two thousand different NFL players' names in there, and like, if if you guess a player and like you have a box on the side, if it's yellow, it's on you're on the right side of the ball and stuff like that. It's like, are you serious? Like this this wordle craze is ridiculous now. Oh, all right, yeah, I don't know enough about it, but that. Uh... I don't know. It's football related, so it might be cool. Um, okay, so that's the news for the past week. Let's shift things over and let's do a little bit of a recap on the uh, free agency signings so far uh, or activity, whatever you want to call it, for the teams in the NFC. So we did this for the AFC last week. Uh, took a lot of time. Uh, tonight we're doing the NFC. We'll start with the NFC East, James, and we'll look at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a lot of what I've seen them do so far is re-signing existing players. So they re-upped on Michael Gallup. 
uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, Dalton Schultz, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vander Esch, Malik Hooker. Uh, the one that I liked that they definitely did was J. Ron Curse. I thought he had a great year last year, and they got him back on a on a good deal, two years, uh, ten million. I think that's very reasonable. Uh, and they re-signed some special teams guys. Uh, really, you know, when you look at their outside signings, they brought in James Washington, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They uh, they brought in Dante Fowler. Um, it's not been very flashy. And I think when you look at what they lost, they traded away Amari Cooper. Uh, Connor Williams is gone. And uh, L. Collins is gone. Um, you know, I think they're they're feeling some salary cap pain, and that's what their free agency looks like to me, is that they ran out of money, and so this is the best they can do to keep it together. Um, and it and it makes me think that we can expect them to take a little bit of a step back this year. To be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. I think. Um... Jerry Jones was too distracted by his um, new daughter suing him or something because I think somebody forgot to inform him, for, inform the Cowboys that the offseason and free agency started. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and we're going to get to the Rams later, but it just it makes me wonder, you know, how a team can manipulate the cap to such a large degree. And then other teams, it's like they either don't know how to do it or they don't want to do it or there's some other reason. You know, it's like for how hungry Dallas is to get a freaking win, it just seems like they would be ones leveraging everything, you know, because let's face it, Jerry Jones clocks ticking, man. You know, he hasn't won something in a long time and, you know. I don't know. It's it just weird. I would have expected the Cowboys to be a team to have spent more money and done all this crazy shit like you see the Rams and these other teams doing. And instead, it's like it's the other way. It's like they're they're in salary cap hell and they're still losing a bunch of guys. But the Cowboys aren't in salary cap hell. They're well, like, maybe not now, <laughs> you know, like because 15 million under the cap, like you yeah. have room to do stuff. But that's, and, but that's because Amari Cooper's gone, Lyle Collins is gone, Connor Williams is gone. You know, like it's, you know, it's because of it. A lot of that, I'm sure, is Amari Cooper. You know, but it's, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just I'm surprised. And I will say specifically with Amari Cooper, I'm surprised that he's not one of these ones that where they re-signed him to some weird deal, pushing out all the years and whatever, to keep that offensive firepower intact because they were one of the top offenses. It just seems like that was their bread and butter. Why mess with it? You know? Well, the reason why you do that is because you're not the amount of, um, I'm sorry. I, I was looking at their salary cap and I saw Anthony Brown and I was like, they signed Antonio Brown. No, no, I was no. like, no, Anthony Brown. So I had to double check it. So, so you're not going to pay like Cooper was going to make, what like 17 18 million this year and you're not going to pay 18 million dollars for your number three wide receiver <laughs> uh yeah i mean hey i don't know man <clears throat> um i hear what you're saying 
I just think that if it was me, I think they would have been better off keeping him and keeping that nucleus for that offensive firepower than doing all this and losing these other guys and doing all this shit. It's like, I just, I just don't see how they're going to be better. That's all I'm saying. Unless they have like a home run in the draft and get a lot of impact players right off the bat. I think they're taking a step back. No, I, I give you that. Like, I, I was just saying that they, they forgot the free agency yeah. period started and, yeah, they, yeah, it's like, okay, if you're going to let him, like, it, yeah, it's like, if you're going to say that, if you're going to say Amari Cooper, you can't pay that guy that much because he's fallen down the pecking order, um, well, that's fine. Then take that money and go and sign, like, some fucking stud defensive guy, you know? Like, they should have went after uh, freaking Bobby Wagner or somebody, you know? It's like, then do that, and then we could be like, oh... Yeah, you got rid of Cooper, but you made a nice splash over here. You know, it's like they got rid of Cooper, and then they got rid of two guys on their offensive line, and it's like they got nothing to show for it in return. It's like, oh, man, that's not that's not how you get better. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you know, I totally get it. I mean, it's, you know, if a guy was a bad seed, yeah, sometimes you get addition through subtraction, you know, but that's that's not what's going on here. All right, so, yeah, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, James. Let's move on to the New York Giants. Uh, they signed uh, Tyrod Taylor. I, I Actually, I like that signing. I, I'm, you know I'm a big fan of Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and then, you know, other than that, I mean, I'm just looking at really what did they do of significance. They got Matt Breida. You know, that maybe helps if they trade Saquon Barkley. Otherwise, He's just in the background. Um, Ricky Seals Jones, they brought him in at tight end, which, you know, that's not bad to have him come in and replace Evan Ingram. Um, Ricky Seals Jones, he's had some off field issues in the past. I think he's been pretty cool these last couple of years, though. Uh, he's one of those guys where the potential's there. It just seems like he never really like breaks through that ceiling of what everybody thinks he can do. Uh, but either way, I think it was a good signing, not like lighting the world on fire. Uh, John Feliciano at offensive lineman uh, and uh, Mark Lewinsky, I think those are probably their two best signings, to be honest. They're they're strengthening the trenches a little bit, and that's important yeah. to do. So I like that. I like the Tyrod Taylor signing. And you know why I like the Tyrod Taylor signing? is because Daniel Jones sucks at the quarterback position. Yeah. And – Especially with with um, Jones, like last year, he I believe he hurt his neck, and that that's that's a scary proposition for a quarterback with neck issues. Like look at look at Peyton at the end of his career, he hurt his neck and he was never the same quarterback. So I I like the I really like the Tyrod Taylor signing. Um, I like the fact that they're putting offensive linemen or getting offensive linemen. That's about it. Like. All these other moves, not really anything to write home about. Agreed. Um, Okay, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles next, James. They had, uh, I think their big signing was um, linebacker Hassan Reddick. Uh, I like that move. Um, 
I'm just, you know, I'm kind of looking at their list, man. You know, they had some re-signings like Boston Scott. That's cool. I like Boston Scott. You know, they, they re-signed Fletcher Cox, re-signed Derek Barnett. I'm not seeing, oh, man. You know, this one, they signed, this one's under the radar, which I like a lot. That's actually a reasonable deal. Uh, Kaiser White at linebacker signed him one year, five million. He was a guy I was hoping the Chargers would bring back because he had a very productive year with them. Um, I think that's actually a really good signing for Philly. And and other than him and Reddick, it's kind of, it's kind of been a quiet off season for Philly, man. Yeah, it's... It... It has been um, like they did some some good things by like bringing people back, but I really I really like the Kaiser White signing that that hit a need and Hassan Reddick. That's a lot of money though. Yeah, what's that? Hassan Reddick. Okay, what was his deal? It was three oh, years, three years, forty five million, yeah, and lot, max man. value of almost fifty. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, he's kind of, I like Hassan Reddick, but he's he's one of those guys that has always kind of been just a little bit less of, you know, he hasn't met the expectation of where he was drafted in the first round. And now that he's on his third team, I think you take some of that pressure off. Uh, but he, he just signed a big money contract, so that pressure's back on, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. Washington football team, James. Uh, their big thing, obviously, was trading for Carson Wentz. Um, aside from that, they signed Andrew Norwell at guard, uh, which I think was a good move. It replaces Brandon Scherf, who they lost in free agency. Um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not really seeing anything notable other than that. I mean, they re-signed McKissick. They re-signed, you know, some other guys, you know, Cam Sims, Cornelius Lucas. Um yeah, Bobby McCain re-signed. There's not a lot of fresh meat on the Washington Commanders. Well, that's also probably because after sign after the trade for uh, Carson Wentz and happened to pay all that money, they are barely oh they're a little bit a little bit under the cap, but they you still have to account for all the rookie deals stuff. Like they they don't have that much space to to fit much in. Not a lot to play with. So let me I guess let me ask you with the Wentz thing. Do you think that this is good for them, bad for them? Did they, is this them settling? Is this them, you know, like, what do you make of this move for them? Oh, I hate it. I, what they gave up for Carson Wentz, he is not worth it at all. Um, to give up all, I don't think they gave up a, what was it, a third rounder or a a third and two two thirds? Two third rounders, the the second third rounder can convert to a second rounder, rounder, and then they're swapping second round picks in 2022, and it's just like, you're giving up a bunch of draft picks, and that's what Washington needs. They need talent to come in. Mm -hmm. They... And you don't want to give up, be giving up your draft picks like that. And uh, you know they're paying, they're taking a hundred percent of the salary hit up for him. Yeah, I think it's like to me. I don't think they gave up a ton. I just think that 
it only works if their team is like one more step up than they are right now. You know, if their defense can look like it did, not necessarily last year, but the year before, where they were surprising everybody and they were, you know, in that like top 10, uh, you know, if they could do that, I think that Wentz is a fine quarterback for them. If their team is mediocre sort of across the board, then Wentz is really a waste of a trade because we know he's not the guy that can put the team on his shoulders. And so, you know, I, I think if they were a quarterback away from doing something, then it might have worked. But I'm, I'm worried that they're, they're asking more out of him than what they're going to be able to get. Yeah, and as you saw in Indy, even if they were a quarterback away from doing something, Wentz isn't the guy. Look at Indy, where Indy was a quarterback away from doing something, and they got Wentz and didn't make the playoffs. That's true. And I, I think there were some extenuating circumstances with that, the way that the offseason went and the injuries, and then, you know, they had a brutal start to the year. But they, they, they definitely closed it in weak fashion, and so it was, you know, a thumb to the eye, uh, so to speak. But I hear what you mean, man. Uh, okay, let's move it on over to the NFC North. And so we'll start off with the Chicago Bears, James Ah, man, I'm looking at this ESPN article, marquee signings, Lucas Patrick, Nicholas Morrow, Byron Pringle, uh, Al-Qaedon Muhammad at wide receiver, I mean, at uh, defensive end, uh, Justin Jones at defensive tackle. I mean, honestly, they're, they're calling these marquee signings. None of these are really marquee, in my opinion. You know, Justin Jones, I think that that's a decent signing. Uh, the rest of these are really... You know, these are under-the-radar, insignificant kind of moves, man. Yeah, Chicago's another team that I think they're in salary cap hell as well. I'm trying to go back and forth between two web pages, so give me one second. Oh, I didn't have it open. That's why I wasn't finding it. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the, the big news for them is is not just what they signed, but it's that they traded away Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks, they're letting him walk away in free agency. And so they're, by, by having such a quiet, sort of ugly offseason so far, I think it just kind of shows that they're, they're squarely in a rebuild now, which is weird because this is year two for Justin Fields at quarterback. It, you would think that if they could stretch their dollar somehow, they would be putting some guys around him and doing some things instead of taking a step back, you know, because it's like now you got your franchise quarterback going into year two and you're actually going to get worse. That, I don't know, that just seems like, Somewhere, somehow, they messed up the sequence. Yeah, I think um, my salary cap tra tracker is, is is off because looking at it, it shows every team under the cap. Okay. Wow. Are you looking no, at uh, over the cap or Spotrack? Well, or? I was looking at Spotrack, and then so I switched over to over the cap just to double check it. And yeah, everybody but the Bills. And the Bills are like only $200,000 over. Okay. Yeah, so that just must mean everybody by now has made all the the wow. right moves to get right-sided except for the Bills. 
which is good. It's good. Wow, so interesting. Yeah, so Chicago, they're having a shit off season. It's not yeah, looking yeah. good, which is nice for the Lions because maybe they'll beat the Bears. So, you know, that's good. Uh, well, let's talk about the Lions because they're up next. And James, we've talked about this before. I'm kind of bummed out about the Lions offseason so far. Uh, I do like that they re-signed some guys that stepped up last year, like Charles Harris and Tracy Walker. Uh, I thought for sure Charles Harris was going to get a decent contract out there in free agency. They brought him back. I'm, I'm glad about that. But really their big signing is DJ Shark at wide receiver, which kind of bums me out, man. You know, I, um, I mean, you know, I wanted Allen Robinson because I just, I believe that this team needs a wide receiver one. The problem is you brought in a guy that's really a wide receiver two at best. And now you're going to pair him with, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Ah, it's just not enough, man. You got to get that number one wide receiver and I don't, and, and then, and then if you're not. I just I know they swung in with missed on Marcus Williams and I know that they did try for Allen Robinson and it didn't work out there but you know if you're Brad Holmes you got to have something to show for this offseason other than DJ Shark that's just my opinion. Yeah, so I like Brad Holmes his ability to find the talent in the back end of the draft. Yeah, so you're you're <laughs> saying don't panic because it's going to come from, it's going to be organic growth. They're going to do it through the draft. They're going to do it the right way, which is really the better long-term way to do it. I just think, you know, it's kind of like what the, the Bengals did starting a couple years ago. You know, they got those, you know, couple guys on defense to start building a core. And then they followed it up by a few more guys. And then their core turned into a really solid unit on defense. And it's like, you know, I would have thought that the Lions would have at least plucked two or three guys that could have turned into long-term fixtures, and it just hasn't happened. I mean, I, I will say this, you know, I did like that they brought back Jared Davis at linebacker. I know that his last couple seasons have been banged up with injuries, uh, but he was productive when he was healthy. Um, you know, he hasn't lived up to that first-round draft pick when the, the Lions originally had him. But I think he's serviceable, at least as a role player, maybe not as a starter. Uh, and then I, I kind of liked Mike Hughes, the cornerback signing, for similar reasons. But they're just, I don't know, man. I think they, and maybe it's just me, a Lions fan, wanting to see more. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a little bit too early to go out and spend, be spending money, that much money in free agency. I think... I think next year, the year after, is that's when you have to make your big moves. You get you get the young people, you start to build the culture, and then you pluck those people in to take you over the edge. Yeah, and then just don't be stupid like you did with Shark in the <laughs> four voidable years on a contract that there was no reason to do that. Mm -hmm. But that's we already talked about that last week or the week before. So yeah, I uh, don't know what the fuck that is. That was garbage. But, you know, I, I heard that they were doing that to make sure they had room for Marcus Williams, and it just didn't work out, but whatever. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. So uh, their marquee signings, basically they brought back Devondre Campbell, which I liked. He played really good for them. 
uh, Rasul Douglas and Robert Tanyan, they brought him back as well. Uh, there, there's not a lot of fresh meat in Green Bay. Uh, and we know they lost Devontae Adams. Um, you know, here's one that the ESPN article didn't catch, but they signed Jerron Reed at defensive tackle. I actually, I like that signing a lot. I think he's he's a pretty solid guy on the defensive line. You know, but the reality is Green Bay's going the wrong way. And mm. so, you know, I'm surprised Rodgers stuck around without them having a plan at wide receiver. I, I'm just being honest. It's, I, I know he, I'm... He, he can he can make it work with anybody, but it's going to be really hard for him without Devontae Adams. No, I agree. I'm surprised Rodgers stuck around. Apparently, Rodgers knew of the potential that they were going to trade Devontae Adams before yeah. he decided to stick around. So, which is which is weird. I don't know. I don't know why he. I don't know why he he stuck around. Team took steps back. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to write home about for them. They <laughs> they still they still have a lot of, lot of needs. Um, I mean, wide receiver is one of the big needs. So like, I think I think because like you look at it, Lazard is he was tendered. He didn't sign. He was tendered a second round free restricted free agent offer. So, but he hasn't signed. So, do they have any wide receivers under contract yet? I have no idea. I don't think they do. Yeah, it's not good, dude. It's not good at all. Um, but I guess, you know, you can say that the NFC is the weaker of the conferences. And so, they can still make a playoff run, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it's, I don't know, it's it's another move that it just doesn't look good. doesn't look good for the Packers. But, uh, okay, next up we got the Minnesota Vikings. And so, James, I will tell you this. I actually really like what I'm seeing from Minnesota's offseason. They signed Zadarius Smith, uh, which is good. They, they plucked him away uh, from the Packers. And so... Uh, you know, you steal a guy from inside of the division and he's, he's going to be good. Uh, they signed Jordan Hicks, who I think has been an underrated rock solid linebacker for a while now. Uh, they brought in Harrison Phillips, savvy veteran defensive lineman. Um, I just, you know, and then they brought back Patrick Peterson. I just, I'm telling you, man, I, I think Minnesota had a really solid offseason so far. I, I agree with you. I love what I'm seeing in Minnesota. Um, I was surprised that their their win total was only nine games. When what I mentioned earlier, I was surprised it was only nine because I really like what they're what they've been doing. I really think they they've taken steps forward. And with the NFC being so weak, I mean, they're yeah. they're one of my one of my favorites to be one of the three wildcard teams. Yeah, they they're uh, they've got some dark horse potential so far, in my opinion. And I'll tell you this: it's um, you know, we we've we've asked questions about, hey, could this be this coach, this team be, you know, kind of like what Staley did with the Chargers last year? You know, I kind of feel like Kevin O'Connell could be a version of that this year with the Vikings, where mm-hmm. 
he could come out and they could really have some success because, you know, I, I always caution first year head coaches that, you know, they come out and they draft their opposite. So if they're offensive, they go all defense thinking, Oh, I can make the offense work with anybody. Cause I'm this guru. Normally I'm like, don't fucking do that. It's going to blow up in your face. And usually it does in this situation. I actually feel like what they're doing is right because their offense is already set. You got Cousins, you got Delvin Cook, you got Thielen, you got Jefferson. You got all you need on offense. And so them putting this kind of focus on the defense, it's a perfect complement. I think it's um, it's going to set them up. I think it's going to be setting them up really well. I'm excited to see what happens in Minnesota, man. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, we got the uh, NFC South next, and we'll start off with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, The big news for them, obviously, is uh, Matt Ryan getting traded to the Colts. Uh, They signed Marcus Mariota to replace him. Uh, Some of their other signings, you know, they they had some some good re-signings, you know. Uh, Young-Way Koo, their kicker, who I like quite a bit, they brought him back. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I like that they brought him back because he was, let's be honest, he was their MVP last year. Um, not, not really like any big home run hit though. I don't, at least not that I'm seeing, you know, I, I, I like that they brought in Damian Williams at running back, but that's not like some game changing move. Um, you know, I don't know, do any of these stick out to you? Maybe Casey Hayward at cornerback, but it's not, it's not earth shattering. It helps, but it's not like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think I'm, it hurts with Calvin Ridley. I mean, clearly, clearly this team got flipped upside down. <clears throat> it did. And I think, you know, this is why the Calvin Ridley thing hurt, hurts so bad with, for Atlanta because, yeah, Kelvin Ridley wouldn't have been on the team this year. They would have traded him. But they would have those draft picks to address some of the, some of their needs, and which they obviously haven't been able to do in free agency. There's nothing, nothing yep. earth-shattering. So you get an extra draft pick or two. Maybe, maybe draft yeah. – get an extra draft pick or two to just get bodies in there. That's what they, what they need. I, I'm trying to recall last year. I think the defense – they're, they're off, their defensive defense was the main oh. issue. Yeah, their defense was horrible, man. I mean, it, yeah. and their defense has been horrible for a long time. Mm-hmm. Which is what's so fucked up because, I mean, like when Dan Quinn was there, they, like he's a defensive coach. What the fuck? Yeah, and that, and that was kind of his downfall is that um, they had a premier offense when Shanahan was running the show on the offensive side with him and Matt Ryan. But Quinn never got the defense going, and that was like a big thing. It was like, dude, if you could have just put together a halfway decent defense, man, Atlanta could have been a solid team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, yeah, they're in shambles now, man. They're they're rebuild city. All right, so next up we got the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and for these guys, they had some signings, you know, like they, they re-signed or they extended DJ Moore. I think that was a, a great move. I like him a lot. Uh, they had a couple signings that 
you know, I would say most people don't like get excited about, but I actually thought were good. Um, Austin Corbett on the offensive line signed a three-year deal. I think that was a pretty solid move. Uh, they signed Bradley Bozeman at center on a one-year deal. I think that was a pretty solid move. Uh, even Corey Littleton at linebacker, they got him on a cheap deal, one year, $2.6 million. You know, that's a good value contract for a guy that can be a serviceable starter. Um, you know, nothing nothing like lighting the world on fire. But, you know, even safety Xavier Woods signed a three-year deal. I do like the offseason that Carolina's having. But, you know, for them, the, the big question remains, what the heck are they going to do with quarterback? Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I'm disappointed in Carolina not being in on or more in on some of these possible like like Jimmy Garoppolo could be a good good fit there. Jimmy Garoppolo can take you to the playoffs. Um but I don't think uh who's I don't think Baker can take care of this team to the playoffs. Well I don't know no. if he's handing it up. I yeah I I just don't think he can. Jimmy Garoppolo could be could be that, that game manager that takes you to the playoffs. I don't think Baker could do that. So, I guess I'll say this. I think maybe, maybe, maybe Baker could do it if McCaffrey stayed healthy the entire mm-hmm. season. Because then it's it's all about McCaffrey and Baker just being complimentary. I think that if um, there's risk of McCaffrey getting hurt, which obviously there is, they would be better suited with a guy like Jimmy G. Um but, you know, they're they're tied to the hip with Sam Darnold, you know. I think he's locked in on a fifth-year contract or a fifth-year option, which is, if I'm not mistaken, it's a guaranteed thing. So, you know, could they feasibly go after Jimmy G? I mean, I'm sure they could get creative and find a way to do it. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because with them being on the hot seat, that he could be their best answer. Bring him in, see if you guys can at least sneak into the playoffs, even if you get knocked out in the first round, it would be mission accomplished. They could draft a quarterback, groom him for a year, and they would at least have another year after this year to look forward to. Right now, it looks gloom and doom, in my opinion, despite a pretty good offseason, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, man, I agree you, with you. Yeah, you and can't get... You can't get a quarterback, and it doesn't matter. None of these other signings matter if you can't get a quarterback, man. I mean, how? Like, we'll get over. We'll get to it next one. They could have gotten Andy Dalton for like three million dollars. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would have, I would have kicked the tires on Andy Dalton. I, I think you know, and I think that's another great example of if McCaffrey can stay healthy, a guy like Dalton could be more than serviceable while you groom a quarterback behind him and look to the future, but you got to find a way to balance finding a way to win now, plus getting the pieces for the future. If you don't win now, there's not going to be a future. These guys are going into year three. It's just, you don't get that much time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So up next, we got the new Orleans saints. Uh, and so James, you know, th- this one was, um, I mean, their big signing outside of hanging on to Jameis Winston, uh, their big signing fresh meat-wise was safety Marcus May, signed a three-year deal. 
I like that signing, um, you know, but there's not a, not a whole lot else going on in New Orleans. Um, you know, Teron Armstead's gone. Um, I don't didn't know. They cut, didn't they cut a, a safety? Was it, uh, well, Marcus Williams left from the Saints. And he no, was the, right. uh, he was, he was the big, the big safety everybody wanted this year. Um, yeah, so I think, I think they couldn't afford, they, they came into the, the off season. They had to cut their salary cap by like $250 billion. Yeah. Um, they were originally 70 million over. <sighs> yeah. Not, I think, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll say just because you said that James, I'm going to say, you know what? Their off season has been a fucking wild success. Just yeah. to just that they could get under the cap from where they started. No, I think New Orleans hit a home run, man. Even if they win three games this year, the fact that they were able to put all this together blows my mind. I know. I don't know how the hell how the hell they did it. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, you know, and the reality is, Jameis was looking pretty good until he got hurt, mm-hmm. and so you know. I know that this team from a talent standpoint is taking a step back because their, their salary cap issues that they had to address. Uh, but I like where they're at with Jameis Winston and, you know, he could win, he could win some surprising games for them, especially if Mike Thomas comes back and he's healthy, you know, I don't like saying it, but I mean, they could be a 500 team if, that worked. If if Thomas has some bullshit nagging injuries again and doesn't play, uh, or if Jameis gets hurt or whatever, it doesn't matter. They'll be a three-win team. So, well, you know. well, the reason why Thomas didn't play last year was because he had his ankle surgery like the day before the regular season started. Yeah, he waited all the way to the very end. It was like, dude, what are you doing, man? And that was tough because I don't like I don't like criticizing players with their medical stuff if I don't have to, but mm-hmm. you know, from what I recall, the team was urging him to get the surgery so that he would have ample time to heal. He wanted to wait and see if it would naturally heal. They were convinced he needed the surgery. He wasn't. And so he waited and that's tough because you don't want to force a guy to go under the knife, but at the same time, it's like, Hey man, if you're wrong, then you set all of us back. And that's what happened. He was wrong, and the whole team got hurt because of it. And they were paying him a fuck ton of money for what ended up really being a bad judgment call on his part, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Not that we needed to fixate on him, but we did, James. That's you know We talk football, and that's football, motherfucker. That's uh, okay. All right. All right. Moving on. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so, James, you know, I mean, hey, their big thing was Brady coming out of retirement and um, and then basically them re-signing as much guys as they could. Um, they did have some new signings that I think are significant um, or, or not even necessarily signings, but like the Shaq Mason trade. I think that helps their offensive line because they did actually lose a couple guys on the offensive line. Uh, what's his face retired. Um, but either way, yeah, they, they shored up the offensive line with Shaq Mason. They uh, signed Russell Gage, which I think was a sneaky good signing. 
And I know you talked about it last week, how Brady called him and he thought it was a prank or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really, really good signing, especially considering Godwin coming back from a significant knee injury and Antonio Brown lost his shit and he's long gone. I think Gage can be a very key contributor to this team this year. Yeah, I agree. I like I like that signing. Um, I sneakily I like the re-signing of uh, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, I guess I was expecting to see more of him last year. I thought he'd be in like that James White kind of role. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. It just didn't really materialize. Yeah, I, it didn't it didn't materialize. Um, but I I like it. I think I think he he's a if they use him correctly, you also got to remember that um, they have to still have to convince Gronk to come back. And wasn't Logan Ryan another one of their free agent signings? I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, defensive back Logan Ryan signed with the Bucks. Yep. Right. I was, I, was, I was trying to remember if he like I think he was a free agent. Yes. And, Yeah, that was a good signing. You know, I I like their secondary. Um, You know, they re-signed Carlton Davis. Um, They've got uh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. He's up and coming. Uh, They've got, um, uh, what's his his face, my boy from Central Michigan at the other cornerback spot. Uh, Um, Murphy Button. Thank you. They're, They're, in my opinion, they are good. Uh, but they're young, and they would benefit from Logan Ryan having that mm-hmm. veteran leadership. Exactly. That's 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 where I, I was going with it. I just I couldn't remember if he was he he was a free agent or if he was there last year. But last year, the problem one of the problems Tampa Bay had was their secondary was very hot and cold. Yep. And so getting that veteran leadership for the young guys that they have in there, I I really like that move. Yeah, and I think Murphy Bunting was hurt for at least yeah. a chunk of last year, and that hurt him. But um, no, I'm I'm digging what Tampa Bay's doing. They're right back in the the mix, and they're right back in the talk of could they make another Super Bowl run? I mean, it it could happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially okay, so, in the weak ass fucking <laughs> NFC. Yes, definitely. Uh, all right, so next up we got the NFC West, and we'll start off with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, a lot of their stuff was re-signing guys. I like that they re-signed, might sound stupid, I like that they re-signed Colt McCoy. You know, he actually won some games when they needed him. I like that they re-signed James Conner. He had a, a very good bounce back year. It just makes me nervous because he signed, you know, his contract before and, and then got hurt, hurt, hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he, now that he's got a three-year deal, going to have, a subpar season. It makes me nervous, man. We see that. I, I hate saying it, but we see that all too often with running backs. And so I don't think James Con- Connor is a workhorse running back in the NFL. And I, I don't like how much they gave him for what I think you can expect out of him. Yeah. And, and they don't really have <clears throat> a known compliment now that Edmonds is gone. Exactly. Uh, you know, and then they re-signed Zach Ertz. I liked that because I felt like there was a lot of unfinished business with him on that team. It mm-hmm. just seems like he can do a lot more for them. Um, and then, you know, in terms of other signings, um, 
you know, this one is under the radar, but they signed Will Hernandez at guard, formerly of the Giants. I like him a lot. You know, he's a guy, he's been a little bit streaky in his career, but when he plays well, damn, man, that guy plays well. And so I think that'll be good for their offensive line. Um, you know, they, they lost Christian Kirk. They lost A.J. Green. I know they got Rondale Moore coming up. They obviously, they still got Nuke. Uh, but they probably need to get some help at wide receiver, likely mm-hmm. coming in the draft at this point. Yeah, exactly. I I like I like the resigning of Zach Kurtz. I was surprised that they they didn't franchise tag him. I thought that they weren't going to risk it because I thought Ertz was going to get a little bit more in free agency than yeah. they ended up, than what the franchise tag was. So I like that they were able to get him that that's about it's about 10 million a year which is about what the franchise tag was for tight ends all right i gotta i gotta read this to you so i'm, I'm looking at this espn article and there's uh from josh weinfuss the biggest question to be answered for the cardinals what are the cardinals doing it's still not clear They made an effort to re-sign a handful of their own free agents, but they didn't add any offensive talent. In fact, they've lost players, including running back Chase Edmonds. It's not clear what Arizona's strategy is or if it has one. Uh, It's, hey, it's it's a fair statement, dude. It really is. I mean, I like the re-signings, but for a team... That's what did they start last year? Like seven and one or some shit, and then they they fell apart. Oh, it was. I, I want to say it was better than that. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, they should be having. <laughs> oh man, I don't know, dude. I mean, here, do this. Fucking sign Melvin Gordon. They they got to do something. They they don't, they only have five million in cap space this. Left over, but they but they have to do something, and that should be enough to get to get Melvin Gordon. Sign him, have him paired up with uh, Connor, and you got a freaking awesome one-two punch at running back. There you go. Draft some wide receivers. Hope the defense can maintain. It's obviously an offensive team now. So they lost Chandler Jones. You know, I don't know what's going on with J.J. Watt, if he's even coming back or what, you know, I don't I don't even know what his deal is. But uh, they lost um, some other guys on defense. So, you know, they're I don't know. I <laughs> so so they started 10 and two. You were right. It was seven and one. OK, uh, they started they started actually started seven and zero. Oh. OK, yeah. And then so, yeah, to be 10 and two and to just freaking flop the way they did. Ah, yeah, no, they, they they need to have a more impactful offseason than what they're having. Yeah, they do. I mean, I could you could only say well, only one of their losses, like they, they finished the season one and four. And they lost to Seattle, who sucked last year. They lost to the fucking Lions. And they lost to the Colts. Only win, only loss that's. That's a decent loss. Is they lost to the Rams twenty to twenty or thirty to twenty three. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. This is the one that we got to talk about because it just blows my freaking mind. The Los Angeles Rams, James. Uh, I mean, all just run it back, run it back, run it back. You know, this is where I feel like salary caps do not exist somehow. Uh, the Rams, they extended Stafford, which was the right thing to do. Uh, they, let's see, it says signed what is effectively a three-year, $129 million extension. Solid. Um, <laughs> they signed freaking Allen Robinson, three-year, $46.5 million deal, uh, which I guess is not like, it's not so atrocious when you consider that they traded, um, what's his face, Robert Woods. You know, that mm-hmm. helps. They re-signed Joe Noteboom. They did have um, what's-his-face retire on the offensive line, so that helps uh, them. Whitworth. Whitworth retired, so maybe that helped kind of clear up the space for Noteboom. Um, Von Miller went to Buffalo in sort of like in replacement, even though they're different linebacker positions. <laughs> they freaking signed Bobby Wagner. I just am blown away how they can just hang on to guys, man. Normally, normally. And it's like we saw this with Tampa Bay after they won the Super Bowl. Rare that they were able to maintain that roster. Typically, you see like a mass exodus of guys go and make a freaking ton of money in free agency. And somehow the Rams, they're like in prime position to go back to back now. So I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, that's why. So what I was trying to figure out was with with the Rams, I had them as having eight million in cap space or nine million in cap space, and I was trying to figure out how the fuck that was possible with all the shit they did. And I think it's because the Wagner signing isn't listed yet. Because I think they have them at at being zero against the the cap. Okay. Yeah, and here while you're looking at that, I'll give you. A, yeah. Uh, this that's, is a that's comment. Is. This is a comment from Nick Wagner. I'm just going to skip through. Blah 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 blah. Uh, the better news for the Rams is that the AFC is loaded with elite quarterbacks, and has been making most of the major offseason moves which leaves the NFC path wide open for another deep run with some minor tweaks in injury luck. I, you know, we've been saying it for a couple weeks now, the AFC is where it's at, man. That's, Mm -hmm. that's where all the good football is going to be played this year. The NFC, you know, the only thing I can say about it is that it, it helps a team like the Rams, because if you can sort of skate through your season you can go into the playoffs possibly more healthy than you would have been otherwise. Some of those AFC teams, when you got to fight tooth and nail against powerhouse teams week in and week out, by the time you get to the playoffs, you could be just like tattered and torn and it could fall apart at any time. And so, you know, you can look at it some different ways. The the other way is that if you're in the AFC, you could argue well, hey, you got to be, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And if you're playing against the best every week, it's just going to help you sharpen that blade and make you that much better. Uh, there's a couple ways of looking at it. You know, that's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, it's true. I just... I think the, the NFC is basically down to two teams. It's the Rams or the Bucks. Who's going to win? Yeah. Everybody and, and, else has, has taken 15 steps back. I agree with that. And I think the Rams roster is far superior to the Bucks right now. Mm-hmm. The Rams have improved, and they beat the Bucks last year. Yep. And I know that I know that when they played the Bucks last year, the Bucks were they were sort of in that tattered and torn category, but they were healthy enough, mm-hmm. and it it just didn't happen. So, um, all right. So moving on here, let's look at the San Francisco Forty Niners. Um, Yeah, so James. Is there a move that the 49ers actually made? Travarius Ward signed a three or $40 million deal at cornerback. Uh, I, I like that move, but he is, in my opinion, for that contract, a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do like they signed Oren Burks to a two-year contract. He was from the Packers, uh, but he's not. You know, he's he's a he's depth. He's not, you know, going to be some stud starter. So um, they lost DJ Jones. They lost Lake and Tomlinson. You know, you got the Jimmy G Trey Lance sort of drama starting to bubble up to the surface. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not digging what what San Francisco did this year, dude. No, uh, I, I, I'm not. I don't like what they did at all. I were they like? I don't think they were way over. So it just makes me. It makes me wonder. Are they? Do they think that they can get it done with what they got? It, it all comes down to the quarterback for them. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have it, them like right under the cap at like 1.8 million. So they didn't really have much room to play with. Yeah. But all oh, these other teams, like the Rams, like they have contracts that like, like in, in 2037 based on, on their, um, their cap manipulation. That's when they're going to have issues with the cap. Like, it's like... So it's like, far down the road, who cares? I, yeah. I forget the baseball player, but there's a baseball player that's been retired for, like, 10 years. And going into the season, he's he's still the biggest oh. salary on the books. Yeah, you were telling team. me that, man. Yeah, that's so wild. Well, here, I you know, I would imagine that teams like the Rams, they're thinking, hey, just push it all into the future because any year now, there could be a CBA change where there just is no more salary cap. And then it's like, we got off scot-free. So, you know, they're rolling the dice, man. They're rolling the dice. Um, but no, in, in reality for the 49ers, I'm okay with them losing Lake and Tomlinson because I think Shanahan's way of running offense, zone blocking, uh, the way he runs the football, I think he can find a replacement fairly well. I think that the, the Shanahan's, not just him, but his dad. They've been great at finding offensive linemen 
uh, to come in and get it done the way they need to. And so I don't think they need to spend big bucks on a guy like Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, my concern is that it's it's kind of like it was these last two years for them. It's all going to come down to can they stay healthy or not. If they can stay healthy, this can be a good team. If they can't stay healthy, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, if Trey Lance isn't ready, th- that means that they need to hang on to Jimmy G for all that to even, even matter. So otherwise, it ends up being kind of a wasted year for them, to be honest. You know, unless they score some stud in the draft. Um, and I don't know how many picks they have after trading up for Trey Lance. So yeah, I'm a little bit nervous for the 49ers, man. Yeah, I agree. And so I was referencing it, this wasn't the one, but it's it's the Bobby Bonilla contract. Okay. Bobby Bobby Bonilla every July first is paid one point two million dollars <laughs> by by the Mets. That that payment will go out to the year twenty thirty five. That's so messed up. The last so game he, up. the last game he played in Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm trying to find this. I think it was, it was, okay. I think it was, yeah, two, the year 2000 or 2001. Oh, my gosh. Bonilla played... Played for the Mets in 1999 and last played in the majors for the Cardinals in 2001. So he's going to be, he's gonna be getting paid for 35 years, basically, after he's yes. done? Yes. Yes. So what's, what's the team's strategy? They're just hoping he dies so they don't have to pay him? I don't know. He'll be 72. And... The, the one I was thinking of was Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Ken Griffey Jr. is paid $3.6 million up till the year 2024. Yeah, baseball's freaking wild, man. It's worse than the NFL by a mile. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get – we got our last team here. We got the Seattle Seahawks, James, and they have had a freaking – crazy offseason they traded away russell wilson they're getting drew lock in return shelby harris noah fant a couple of first rounders a couple of second rounders uh but you know they're they're basically they're flipping this team upside down and um you know so when you look at what did they do in free agency to try and improve the team I mean, I'm. Nwosu? Yeah. Uchenu Nwosu signed a two year, $20 million deal. That's a good one. It helps kind of ease some of the pain of Bobby Wagner being gone. Um, man. That's about it. It is. I, I, I do like that they re signed Quandre Diggs. I think he's been pretty good for them. They're paying him a lot of money now. Uh, and, and with Jamal Adams next to him, they got a lot of money in their safeties. And, and it might sound a little weird. I like the combo of Noah Fant and Will Disley at tight end. Um, and, and then let's let's just say this. They've got the draft picks now. Are they going to make some kind of a move for a quarterback? Because they've got um, 
uh, what's his face at um, Drew Lock? Uh, DK Metcalf, and ah. they've got uh, Lockett at wide receiver. I mean, if they, James, I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, if they have a quarterback, they can at least be in games just on the offense alone. And then they can I, just put everything else on the defense <laughs> when it comes to the draft or whatever else they got to do. I agree with you. And here's one I would throw out at you, and if you would go for it. Let's hear it. Pack the Seahawks move up from 9-2 to two and draft their quarterback. From nine to two, draft their quarterback. Yeah, and, and what are you saying? Uh, Locke's going to be the bridge guy while they develop Pickett or whoever else. Mm-hmm. And the, and like heck, like I would take that trade. I would I would take fucking DK Metcalf for the number two pick. All right, no, let me let me throw you a wild one. In fact, in fact, I'm going to make this this question of the week, and I want to talk about it for a minute because I got a lot of wheels turning in my head. So, all right. So, listen. This was this was the last team for the NFC recap. Is there anything that you want to hit before I flip to the question of the week? Since this is kind of spurring my question of the week thought. No, I don't, I don't think so. I. No. Okay. So. Um... I'm just looking at it here. So they, the, the Seahawks got two first rounders, two second rounders in a fifth rounder. Okay. And so I'm assuming they've got their first round picks on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. from this year or next year. No, no. Oh, cause of the Jamal Adams trade. Jamal Adams. Okay. So this, this is, these first round picks are replacing their first round picks that the Jets fleeced them for. So is that, but is, so did they give up next year's first round pick too? Or I would, was it I last double, year's and this year's? I, I got to double Okay, let's, let's just say hypothetically they've got a first rounder this year and then two first rounders next year. One from Denver, one, one that's their own. Their first round this year is from Denver because they gave theirs to the Jets. Let's just say hypothetically they got three they first round picks. That, that jives? Okay. Yep. And then they've got... What about for the, the second rounders? Do they have, uh, is it is it two this year and two next year? Or is it three this year and one next year? They have two next year. Let me check this. Uh, two... Looks like they have two each year. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just going to run with this and let's just talk about it. This is question of the week, James. Because Pete Carroll is still there and the assumption was if this team was going to a rebuild, he would retire. Drew Locke is not the answer. That Drew Locke is is rebuild city, but yet Pete Carroll's still there. 
do you think there's some crazy scenario where they could package some of these picks and make a fucking move for Aaron Rodgers? I just, I don't understand what Rodgers is doing in Green Bay without Devontae Adams, man. I want to say yes. But you feel like it's far-fetched? I think it's... So if you're talking about before Rodgers recommitted to to Green Bay, then maybe. Because I feel but, like... I, I mean, in, in, you know, and let's just talk this out for a minute, but I feel like the Seahawks could package picks that would be attractive to Green Bay and say, look, man, you guys aren't giving him what he needs to succeed anyhow. Take all these picks, use some of them to trade for Jimmy G so that you have your, your serviceable guy to fight with Jordan Love and see who can get you wherever you need to go. You focus on running the shit out of the ball with uh, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. And, and maybe you can still make a run because the NFC sucks. For Rodgers, it could be probably a very attractive scenario for him because he's going to have arguably the two best receivers he's ever had at one time and a couple of decent tight ends. Uh, and, you know, it, the defense is mediocre, but it's it makes Seattle a playoff team again. Um and I think it makes sense for Pete Carroll to still be in the equation. Otherwise, I just don't see why Pete Carroll's there. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think if they were going to use the picks and try to draft and develop a quarterback, it, it it doesn't seem Pete Carroll-esque at this point of his career. It seems like maybe they're, maybe they're banking on making one more move to get a quarterback. So, my initial premise about the recomm- Rogers recommitting to Green Bay and with the, the extension was the cap hit. Okay. But I'm looking at it and so if it happened, if the cap hit, if the trade happens before June 1st it'll be a $125 million dead cap hit. For the Packers. But for the Packers. Oh, man. But if they trade... And, the, and so that's why I was like, no, it's not possible. That, that's way too big of a cap hit. Yeah. But if they trade them after June 1st, it's a $27 million cap hit. Doug cap hit. Which is actually less than his salary. That's doable. Yeah. And then, and then they go and get a guy like freaking Jimmy G, unless they think Jordan loves going to be able to do something and but then they have like a hundred million dollar dead cap hit next year for him uh yeah so it it, it, because of the cap hit it it seems unreasonable yeah or does that or does the yeah i guess i got a better understand how does the future dead cap work because if seattle's taking on his contract doesn't some of that transfer or you know because if so, if none of that transfers, and yeah, there's just no way Green Bay can take a hundred million dollar bath next year. Yeah, so, there's, it's just no way. All right. Well, it was fun to think about for a second. 
when I started seeing all the picks that Seattle has, I, I started getting excited thinking, man, maybe they could fake, just make a move to get a quarterback. And, you know, it seems weird that Rodgers is getting nothing to play with in Green Bay. Yeah, I do think it's weird as well. Um, I wanted to take what I, that's what I wanted to take a look at. Like, who, who do they actually have under contract? I don't know, dude. I mean, receiver. Their top three guys are all gone. Devontae Adams, Lazard, and uh, MVS, man. The, those are their top three guys. They're all gone, man. Or at least I thought Lazard was gone. Maybe no, Lazard. Still... Lazard was like tendered. So okay. <clears throat> so there so you go. Have, That's his go-to guy, Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. Randall I'm Cobb not... is he? He's one of those rare wide receivers that just did not age well. <laughs> you know, sometimes receivers that are good when they're young can like make it for a long time. And it just seemed like somewhere along the way, he he just, like, hit the brakes. And Amari Rogers. Yeah, they're no, they're they're in trouble. Yeah. And, and what are they going to do? Draft a couple guys? I mean, it can happen. You could get a, a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson, but I think that that's... It's awfully rare, James. Yeah. <laughs> at least they brought back Robert Tanya. And, yeah, and, at and least what, they brought back Big Bob. Yeah, and, and they do have the the you know the tandem at running back that that can be their focal point potentially. Is it it goes to what they did a couple years ago when Lafleur was in his first season, where they ran the shit out of the ball and everybody was like, "What's going on? Why isn't Rodgers throwing more?" That's obviously what they're going to have to do this year. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for tonight, man. You got any closing thoughts? No, I don't. All right. Was my question of the week stupid? No. Thought-provoking until you realize the, the cap hit. Yeah. Well, that's why we talk all this shit out. I'm glad you caught that, but... Um, all right. So, yeah, for anybody who's still watching, we hope you like the show. Uh, hit us up, play, you know, name that stadium, answer our question of the week. We like getting some feedback and having some engagement here. Uh, and uh, if you liked it, hit the like button uh, or the thumbs up if you're on Facebook or whatever. Uh, and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button for us. It helps us. Uh, James, like always, man, it was a great time. I'll catch you later, homie. Gridiron Grinder, hut hut hike!